welcome to the AOL podcast. Let's dive right into this week's message. To meet with us. Oh, feed us tonight, Lord. God us, direct us, encourage us. Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Spirit of the living God, fall fresh on us tonight. Spirit of the living God. God, I just pray for this time as we get in your word tonight. I pray that I not go in one ear and out the other. But I pray that it penetrates heart and mind, soul and spirit. <laughs> it goes where no man can go on his own. But by the spirit of God, I pray, God, that inspiration leads to illumination. That you illuminate things through your word. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. Why don't you look at your neighbor and tell him, good to see you on a Wednesday night. Yeah. All right, all right, all right. Well, hey, uh, I hope everybody's doing good on their fast. I was telling, hey, I want to remind y'all, we've been praying Bo, we've been having good prayer time in the morning, hadn't we? Heidi, was it good this morning? Aren't you glad you came uh, at 7 o'clock? And we, uh, we declared it on Monday that we're in a week-long fast. That may look different for everybody, but I'll tell you this. I had to rebuke the devil this morning as I was coming up over the hill when I come down Emil. At the very end of it is Dunkin' Donuts. And I... I I'm not even a Dunkin' Donut guy. I would not cheat on the donut stop to go to the Dunkin' Donuts. But what I've noticed is uh, right now the gyms are full. Right behind Dunkin' Donut is Planet Fitness, and it is packed in the mornings. But I already saw, not this morning, but yesterday morning, there was a group of people that left Planet Fitness and went to the Dunkin' Donuts. So they may not be fasting, but they're getting in better shape. Praise the Lord. All right? But uh, I hope everything's going good. For you guys, I'm excited. Uh, so in the morning, uh, we had 28 people, 27 people this morning in prayer. I believe by the end of the week, we can have at least 40, maybe 50. And uh, so it, it's really been a great time. I promise you, you'll feel better after you leave here. I know I have. I know it's early, but can you give God one week? If you have your Bibles open into Matthew chapter 7, we're going to start in verse 24 here in just a moment. And if you were here on Sunday, I started a brand new series called Can You Hear Me Now? Can You Hear Me Now? And no, that's not it. The choice is yours. Sorry, I was looking at something. The choice is yours. And the first one that I talked about was the choice of Matthew 6, Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added unto you. How many of y'all believe that, that this year? I, I, I've said this many times before. In fact, it's amazing to me when I look back on 2020, how really God was preparing our hearts as a body of Christ for the year that was ahead. Because the very first Sunday, I went back on my notes of 2020 before COVID really hit, but at the very first message in January, I said this. I said, it will be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. And can I tell you, in 2024, that's the, that's, come on, that's still a word for us today. 2024, no matter what happens in the world, and 
in the economy or whatever happens in your body, it will be your best year if it's your best year spiritually. And there's four things that I, I talked about that we as a body of Christ are going to do together. The first one that I talked about was fasting, and that is abstaining from something. And I want to encourage all of you, maybe you weren't here on Sunday and you didn't get the memo. You can start today, and on Sunday night, we're going to have a revival service in here, breaking that fast. And amen, we're going to sing, we're going to worship, we're going to pray. I, and I believe we'll see signs, wonders, and miracles on Sunday morning and every time we get together. I'm not just going to say it on, on, on Sunday night. But I believe it'll be a good time in, in the presence of the Lord. And so uh, the first one was fast, and, and, and also, too, I believe, uh, I think everybody, I don't know what's going on in social media world, but hopefully all of you have been fasting from that. But uh, the second thing that I talked about was prayer. Obviously, when we, we fast, that fasting is, disconnects us from the world. Prayer connects us to God, and so we've been, we've been, hopefully you've been praying on your own, but also to us corporately together. The third one I talked about was we're going to read the Word together. You know, one of the things that I loved in our staff meeting on Tuesday, Callie brought up of what they, they're doing in children's church. And they put two scriptures up on the wall. And they can, they're going to put, they're going to cover two walls in scriptures. I love that. Uh, the one is uh, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. I'm a new creation. Christ, old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. In 1 John, I shared with the pastors and elders out of my heart uh, about when was our last meeting a month ago? Because our next one's coming up. I don't know if it's this Sunday, but the Sunday after. But in First John, uh, come on, it's Wednesday night. I'll just go there. In First John, uh, chapter two, in verse twelve, verse twelve, he says, "I'm writing to you who are God's children." Everybody say children, because your sins. What's that ringing? You keep hearing a ringing. I keep hearing a ringing. Who are God's children because your sins have been forgiven. Maybe somebody's hearing aid needs to be turned down. Forgiven through Jesus, through Jesus, I am writing to you who are mature. Everybody say mature in the faith because you know Christ who existed from the beginning. I'm writing to you who are young. Everybody say young. Young in the faith because you have won your battle with, with the evil one. Now, there's three different names that are right here. In the New King James, this New Living Testament that I just read out of, but if the, you had the Old King James and the New King James, the first one that he talks about is a babe. The second one that is talked about is a child. And the third one that is talked about, or, or a young man, it's a child, a young man, and the last one is a father. And I, I've been sharing with our people how important it is because I like... Like me and Cody was talking about it in, in our staff meeting. There's many people in the body of Christ, and this may be you, and I'm not pointing you out because you don't have to raise your hand or anything like that. But you may have a ton, you may have a cross wall, and you may listen to air one. But can I tell you, the only thing that will keep the fuel in the tank of you staying a believer is the Word of God. It's staying in the Word of God. And I say that with all passion. I say that because, because I see so many people all the time. And so here he talks about a child. He talks about a, a, a young man. He talks about a father. And all of those are different places in our walk with Christ. And how many of y'all know at every place you've got to stay in the word of God? So as a child, your basic need is assurance. How many of y'all know when you first get saved, you have to be reminded all the time, oh, my gosh, I'm saved. The devil's going to come in like a flood and tell you inside of your head, no, you're not saved. Remember what you did last summer, baby? 
or try to beat you up with shame, guilt, and condemnation. So the biggest danger that you get involved in is doubt. And can I tell you the best thing for a young believer to do is to get into Bible memory. I'm going to say that again, Bible memory. And there's some of you like, well, I just, I can't, I don't know it. Well, I, I do this all the time, and I'll continue to do it. And I begin to look back on teaching on the Word. I teach on it a lot, but I love the Word of God. And so I think it's so important. I, I hope you know that I'm passionate about this because I want you to be passionate about the Word of God because it will change your life. And I don't do it because I'm a preacher. I do it because I'm a believer, and I'm a Christian. And so, uh, I, I mean, I could say this. The guys in the pink, white, and black trucks are simply the best. Call on. All right, there's only three of you that listen to the radio. All right. How, how, how about this one? Uh, the best part of waking up. Come on. I'm so thankful there's a lot of you that's not on the worship team. But my whole point is this. You know those, but it was truthful. Uh, you know those is because you listen to them all the time. Can I tell you this? I promise you, my boy right here, Catch, on the front row, there are some scriptures that are in his repertoire, and he has known them since he was five years old. Now he's seven, and he knows more. I promise you, you can know the Word of God if you apply yourself. Is my whole point. And so this is one of the things that we, as a people of God, not us as pastors and elders, this has really been put on my heart, talking to the youth, I'm talking to the children's church, of how important that at every level that we as a body of Christ, that we at AOL are going to be Bible toters. Amen? I, I, I wrote this down. Bibli I, I pray that we would be biblical, biblically literate. Biblical literacy, and this is the definition that I gave myself, knowing and believing God's word to the point that it informs and influences the way you live your life. I'm going to. Knowing and believing God's word to the point that it informs and influences the way you live your life. Now, this is in my notes. They probably won't have it on the screen. I'm sure they can go to it real quick. I want to read to you out of Hebrews chapter 11. This is a text that we all know. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified because I like the wording that it's used. But it says, now faith is the assurance. If you have the King James, it's the substance. Uh, hupo, hupo something in the Greek. Forgive me. My, I'm not a very good Greek scholar. But I know that this word substance, it comes to substance, but it means stands by. Now, faith is the standby power of things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. We, we know this text, right? Verse 2, it says, For by this faith the men of old, if you have New King James or Old King James, it says the elders gained approval. Then in verse 3, it says something very interesting that I want to point out tonight. It says, By faith, everybody say, By faith. We understand that the worlds, everybody say worlds, worlds were framed and created by the word of God so that, it, that it, what is seen was not made out of the things which are visible. And then he goes to verse 4, by faith, Abel offered to God a more acceptable sacrifice. We see in verse 6, without faith it's impossible to please God. 
We saw all through all of this, by faith Noah, by faith Abraham, uh, by faith, you know, all the rest of them, by, by faith Rahab, by faith Moses, by faith Joseph, by faith Isaac. But I want to point something out because I've heard this taught wrong, and this was brought to my attention by Rick Renner years ago, and it's always stood out to me, and it's perfect for the text this morning, especially, or this afternoon, or tonight, sorry. Knowing and believing God's word to the point that it informs and influences the way you live your life. So in verse 1, he says, faith is some things hoped for and the evidence of things not seen. Verse 2, it talks about how the elders gained approval. Now he goes to verse 3. How many of y'all know the word of God is in decency and in order? Many times it's been taught that faith, it says in verse 3, by faith we understand that the worlds were framed and created. And I've heard it taught, and I'm not saying they're not missing out, but why would God go from talking about men in verse 2 to men in verse 4 and skip a place there talking about the creation of the world? I'll tell you why. Because he's not going back to Genesis 1. He's actually talking about a different world here because the I've studied the world like some of you have here before, and the, word, and the Greek word for the word world is cosmos, but not right here. Right here, the Greek word for world is ionos, and it means time. It means for an allotted time. It means like we get the word uh, a millennial or we get a decade, 10 years, or a week. What he's saying is this. By faith, we understand that these guys created their world that they lived in. What does it say by? It says we understand that the worlds were framed and created by the word of God. I'm just here to tell you, you may not live in the world, the perfect world that you would like to live in, but you can if you get the word of God on the inside of you. You guys awake tonight. I'm already preaching better and you're responding. But I want you to think about it like this. Biblical literacy, knowing and believing God's word to the point that it informs and influences the way that you live your life. It's just like these glasses. I walked up on the stage a while ago with Pastor Shannon and Thomas, and he pointed out the fact that my glasses were very dirty. He said, man, you look sharp, but your glasses suck. And I was like, okay. <laughs> Hit me in the gut. No, he didn't. But uh, he said, you must have been, been working outside today. But just like these glasses and the prescription that I have, they help me see and read that it's 703 on the back, back wall right there. Can I tell you, a biblical world view your world that you can create through the Word of God will help you see better than any glasses you put on your head. I believe that with all my heart. I was thinking about it. There's many times people come up to me and they, they ask me big questions that I don't know how to answer sometimes. And the other day I had one. He says, tell me, what are the biggest decisions you've ever made in your life? And I'll always go back to August 19, 2005, honey best decision I ever made was not the best decision. Second best was when I married Brandy. Obviously, the first decision was not just asking Jesus in my heart as a little boy, but as I got older in my 20s to follow Jesus, right? Um, because can I tell you, I was that boy that was raised in church, knew how to say the scriptures, but didn't live by the scriptures at one particular time in my life. So the decision that I made to follow Jesus is a big decision that I made. 
and I'm reaping the benefits benefits of it now 20 years later, and I'm thankful for that. Can I tell you another big decision for me is the Holy Spirit and the evidence of speaking in tongues. I I feel 10 foot tall and bulletproof because of the Holy Spirit, right? Can I tell you another big decision of my life? Another big decision of my life that's changed my life over the years is volunteering in church. Oh, bro. It has changed my life. Uh, Honoring God every year with the tithe. You know, there was times where I weren't even serving God. I'd be leaving the piranha room on a Saturday night. Some of y'all know what that is, right? Oh, (laughs) she's like, oh, yeah. She's saved now, set free. Thank God. Filled with the Holy Ghost. But I remember being so convicted of, like, I Man, it's tomorrow morning. I'm, I'm going to have to find somewhere to give into the house of God. But can I tell you, a big decision in my life is being committed to God's word. Can I tell you, I'm still learning, but there is still a freshness that comes from being in the word. And then I'm, and I'm not perfect. There's days that I miss it. And can I tell you, my life tells me, hey, you missed it. Can, y'all hearing me? And, and I'll tell you where I really grew up, the best decision was, you know, I've been, gosh, in ministry now many, many years when I stopped reading the word to get a word. When I just started reading the word to fill my heart. Can I tell you now, when I read in the mornings, I have no intentions of getting a word for you. I get a word for me. That changed my life. And I need it. So in Matthew chapter 7 and verse 24, um, this might be old hat to you guys, but I think it's the first of the year. I think it's very important that we have a zeal towards the word of God. And it says this, and it's a very familiar scripture, Jesus speaking, and this is in red. He said, anyone, I'm reading out of the New Living Translation. He said, anyone who listens to me, to my teaching... And follows it is wise. I mean, I want to be wise out there, full of wisdom, right? Well, he gives us the answer right here. Anyone who listens to my teachings, I mean, I know you can't just listen to it, but you got to be a doer of it. And follows it is wise. Like a person who builds a house on solid rock, though the rain comes in torrents and the floodwaters, floodwaters rise and the winds beat against the house, It won't collapse because it's built on bedrock. But anyone who hears my teaching and doesn't obey it is full doesn't obey it is foolish. Like a person who builds a house on sand. And when the rains and floods come and the winds beat against the house, it will collapse with a mighty crash. Right here in this text in verse 24, all the way through 27. It's a familiar story of two men building a house. Just going to give you the framework of it. Both men used the same material. Both built in the same geographical location. But one man's house stood while the other man's house collapsed. The difference in, in them is the foundation of where they built it. One built on the rock, one built on the sand found it interesting, I read commentary years ago on that in Palestine, 
All land becomes parched in the summer, and it causes even the sandy and unstable areas to appear rock solid. And I said, well, they hadn't moved to the panhandle of Texas. The whole point is the true test doesn't come until the rain falls. Jesus here is saying, be careful where you build your house. Build on something tried and true. Build upon the rock. I mean, I know Jesus is the rock, and this is full of Jesus. Who is the one who builds his house upon the rock? It's the one who hears the words of the Lord and does them. Who's the one who builds on the sand? The one who hears his words but doesn't do them. One of the great dangers for us who love the Scriptures is to think hearing is equivalent to doing. You might even say tonight, yeah, I agree with the teaching Jesus gave. Let me give you a scenario on judging. Let's just say judging. I shouldn't judge. I need to show more mercy, so on and so forth. But if you leave here and immediately turn to someone and start gossiping or analyzing, judging or critiquing, you're a fool. And your house, not if, but when, will collapse. We have such need to hear these words of Jesus because people think hearing the truth and agreeing with the truth, they are automatically practicing the truth. The wise man not only hears Jesus' words, but also puts them into practice. And his house stands when the storm comes. Here's my case in point. This is foundation. The word of God is foundational to build on. You can't have it as an add-on. Did you hear that? I mean, I've ever been in some add-ons before. You're waiting for it to collapse. You can't have the word of God as an add-on. How many of y'all know when you became a believer, now you are born again? I'm going to say that again. John chapter 3, Nicodemus, when he's meeting with him, he said you must be born again. So you got a rechance at life where a new creation, Christ's old things have passed away. Behold, everything has become brand new. This can't now be an add-on. This now has to be what you stand on. Sorry, Bible. How many of y'all know that's true? The word's not an add-on. It it needs to be foundational. Let's go back. I just feel like doing this. How many of y'all have a table of contents at the very beginning? Go go to the front of your Bible. There's some of you. Don't lie. You still go to it when I ask you to go to the book of Malachi. (laughs) Did he say Habakkuk? What did he say? All right. Now I got to look it up. You're sounding it out. I see you. Let's go to the table of contents right here. This is at the very beginning. I'm just going to give you an overview. This is going to be Bible 101. You guys learning something? How many of y'all would like me to go over the table of contents in your Bible with you, all right? All right, we're going to go to Bible school right here. So I want you to think about it like this. This is how I learned it in Bible school. Your Bible is like a library with two rooms. You got the Old Testament and you got the New Testament. There's 66 books between the two libraries. One has 39 books. One has 27 books. All right? And, and, and there's four sections in both. There's four in the Old and there's four in the New. And in the, uh, in the Old Testament, it's about 3,600 years of history. And then at the end of Malachi, there's about a 400-year gap before it starts the book of Matthew. All right? You may not know that, but there's just a fun fact. And the theme in the Old Testament is God is connecting with his people. The theme in the New, well, let let me just back up. 
The theme in the Old and the New Testament is Jesus, right? Come on, we got to keep the main thing about the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus. So from the very book of Genesis to the very end of Revelation, you can see that the theme is Jesus. And so in your Bible right there, the first five books is Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy. That is called the Pentateuch. That, how many of y'all are doing the daily reading right now, starting off at the first of the year? Awesome. Good for you guys that, that are doing that. I'll be honest with you. I love Genesis. How many of y'all are thankful for a new beginning? And it's the book of beginnings. And then, and then, because I know this, Leviticus is like a month away. And I will have to pray and drink coffee to get through Leviticus. But in Genesis, I just love the story of Genesis. It's foundational, is it not? It's the book of beginnings. But this is the Pentateuch, and this is where the law is given. This is where all kinds of rules of uh, all kinds of different stuff like that. So from Genesis, Exodus, Leviticus, Numbers, and Deuteronomy, first five books, that's the Pentateuch. And then we go Joshua all the way to the book of Esther. This is another section in the Old Testament. This is historical. I love to read in Joshua. I love to read in First and Second Samuel. Come on, David. First and Second Kings, Elijah and Elisha, the Chronicles. All of these are great books. Oh, man, Nehemiah, Esther. Yeah. Isn't it good stuff? It's historical backing. But then you get to Job, not but then. You get to Job, Psalms, Proverbs. This is another section. So we went from the the Pentateuch, uh, the book of beginnings, the beginning part. Then we go into the historical side. Now Job, not Job, not the book of Job. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of of Songs. Um, This is poetic. How many of y'all love the Psalms? I don't know if you know this. There's 150 Psalms. You can read five a day, every day, and read it in a month, except on leap year. All right. Or on February 29th, it'll all mess you up, okay? Then you'll have to read like three chapters before you get to March 1st. And then Proverbs. How many of you know a proverb a day, keep the devil away? I'm going to say that again. A proverb a day, keep the devil away. And then Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon. It's nice and juicy once we get into that. And then, uh, and then we have Isaiah through D- Daniel. Actually, Isaiah through Malachi. These are prophets. But they're, they're broken in two from Isaiah to Daniel is the major prophets. And it's, it's not the fact that they were better than the other guys, but it's location. It's the group of people that they talked to. It's longer books. They had more to say. And then the minor prophets are Hosea to Malachi. Now you get to the New Testament. You guys learn anything yet? I hope you are. Now you have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. All of these are great gospels. My favorite is John, but that's the section. It is the gospels. It's words in red. It's the letters of Jesus. Aren't you thankful for Jesus? That's the main thing, all right? And then you get to the book of Acts, and then it's historical. It's the first church. And then Romans, all the way to the book of Jude, are the epistles. These are different guys. It's Peter, it's John, uh, it's James, and it's a lot of Paul are in the epistles. And then Revelation is all by itself in its own section, and it is prophecy. One thing I was thinking about it, from Matthew to Revelation, it starts off with a guy named John the Baptist, and it ends with the apostle John. Two different guys. But I love the Word of God, and if the theme, as I said just a while ago, the theme in all of it is Jesus. From Genesis all the way to the book of Revelation. 
And one of the scriptures that I was thinking about uh, as I was preparing for this message is when Jesus in Luke chapter 24, and these two disciples are walking down the, the, the road together, the, the walk to Emmaus. Jesus comes to them, and they're, they're talking back and forth. Verse 27, it says, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses. This is what tells you why, why I tell you that the theme of the Old and New Testament is Jesus. Because he said, Then Jesus took them through the writings of Moses and all the prophets, explaining from all scriptures the things concerning himself. How I many of y'all know the main thing is about the main thing, and the main thing is Jesus Christ? If you have your Bibles, open them to 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. Over the next 15, 20 minutes here, I want to answer two questions. Why is God's Word so important to me, and how can I know it better? Number one, why is God's Word so important to me, and how can I know it better? Second. 2 Timothy chapter 3 and verse 14. We're going to read through 17 here. This is a great passage. I'll go ahead and read all, all of it. And then I want to break it down together with you guys. It says, but you must remain faithful. He's talking to the young pastor who's over the church at Ephesus. It's been appointed by Paul. Paul is writing to him. He says, but you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. You've been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and make us realize what is wrong in our lives. Remember, biblical literacy is knowing and believing God's Word to the point that it informs and influences the way that you live. Look at this. It said it corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. I love verse 17. God uses it. What's he talking about? The word. To prepare and equip his people to do every good work. Let's read verse 14 together one more time. But you must remain faithful to the things you have been taught. You know they are true, for you know you can trust those who taught you. Paul here most likely is talking about Timothy's mother and grandmother as those who, in addition to himself, had spiritually impacted Timothy's life. We actually read about them in 2 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 5. He said, I remember your genuine faith, for you share the faith that first filled your grandmother Lois and your mother Eunice, and I know that same faith continues, continues strong in you. And then it's the famous text, this is why I... This is why I remind you to fan into the flames the spiritual gift God gave you from the laying on of hands. So it wasn't just the laying on of hands of his grandmother and in uh, his mother. We also see in 1 Timothy chapter 4 and verse 14, he said, Do not neglect the spiritual gift you received through the prophecy spoken over you when the elders of the church laid their hands on you. How many of y'all know it's important? When the pastor or the man of God is saying, I feel like if you need something fresh, come and get your hands laid on you. How many of y'all know there's a, a transfer that happens in that? Amen? So in this text in verse 14, I, I know he's talking about those people, but can I, I guess my point I'm getting at is this. I'm always a little skeptical when some, and, and somewhat suspicion when a person says, I only learn from this guy. 
and I'm only a follower of that man. How many of y'all know man will fail you? I used to say it in youth all the time. Even your mama will fail you. Even your daddy will fail you. But you know who will never leave you and never forsake you is Jesus Christ. And the reason that I say that, and I'm all, I'm all for it. I'm all for listening, listening to different people. Actually, I'm very careful of that. I used to listen to people all the time. But when I came in the senior pastor role, I'm, I'm very, uh, I know people send me messages and things like that. But I want to hear from God. And sometimes when I hear a message, I'm like, my people need to hear that. And it's like, no, maybe I needed to hear that. And so I, I, I just want to hear from God of what God would have to say to you. But my whole point is this. Wise is the man or woman who will learn from the many people the Lord places in their lives to reinforce and build up their faith. Not from just one. But how many of y'all know at the end of the day the one we need to look to is Jesus? How many of y'all know all of us in this room we need to keep growing? I'm not talking physically. The fast is probably good for some of us, like myself. But spiritually, we need to keep growing. How many of y'all know spiritually, we need to keep learning? How many of y'all know, I, I will say this out loud, you need a fresh word for every fresh season you're in in your life. Right? You need revelation. You need that veil, what it talks about in Revelation chapter 1. You need that veil, that curtain to open up in whatever area it is in your life. Continue with it. Come on, can we make a commitment at the beginning of the year that our Bible would not collect dust dust on the nightstand? Amen? Like, let's be a people that reads the Word of God. And not just me. I'm encouraging everybody online as well to be people that reads the Word. So in verse 15, he said, You have been taught the Holy Scriptures from childhood, and they have given you the wisdom to receive the salvation that comes by trusting in Christ Jesus. So he says, ever since childhood or infancy, one translation says, you've been taught the word, Timothy, and it's the word that will make you wise. How many of y'all want to be wise out there? I know I've already asked this tonight. I don't know about you, but I want to be full of wisdom, the ability to make good godly decisions. And Scripture brings depth and wisdom into your life. But how does it happen? Verse 16, this is how. All Scripture is inspired by God and is useful to teach us what is true and to make us realize what is wrong in our lives. It corrects us when we are wrong and teaches us to do what is right. The Greek word translated uh, um, all inspired. In the New King James, it says all inspired. In my Amplified, it says all inspired. It's an interesting one because it means all. And there are critics... And commentators who say this verse would be rendered, all scripture, which is by inspiration of God, is profitable for doctrine. The implication being that not all scripture is inspired. And if you adopt that saying or that stance, you've decided what's inspired and what isn't. How many of you know you can't do that? And in doing that, I become the judge of the Bible rather than allowing the Bible to judge me. Jesus said, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every. Everybody say every. Every word which proceeds out of the mouth of God. So here in Timothy, we see that it is because all Scripture is inspired that we can be furnished unto all good works. The word inspired means breathed out by God. Our God, our God communicates 
And he has worked supernaturally through the Holy Spirit to communicate perfectly to us. When we read the Bible, we are um, reading the very words of the living God. How many of y'all know this is more than a good book? It's more than a good book. I hear people say, you know what the old good book says? I'm like, yes, do you? How many of y'all know it's alive and active and sharper than any two-edged sword? How many of y'all know it's the best-selling book of all time and it'll never be beat? It's more than a good book. Like, like I, I love good books. You guys know this. I've talked about many of them. I'm about to finish Killing Kennedy and read Killing Reagan, uh, the Killing series of Bill O'Reilly, um, and, and um, some, some other spiritual books that I'm going through right now. But... How many of y'all know this, I mean, I can't say it enough, this is more than just a good book. Come on, we're going back to that place to where it informs and influences the way that I live my life. Can I tell you, after reading Killing Kennedy, I don't want to live like Kennedy. But you know who I do want to live like? I want to live like Paul. Hey, man, I want to live like Timothy. I want to live like these that by faith Noah. It says, for teaching, for correcting, for rebuke, for training in righteousness, everything a believer needs to become, all that God has redeemed him or her has been deposited into the scriptures. Come on, who's inspired by the word of God tonight? Is there anybody? Yes, something even right now is happening in your spirit. As we read the word of God, there is a transaction that's taking place. Inspiration leads to illumination. How many of y'all know you get inspired by the Word of God, and there's sometimes when you just read something that you've read many times before that it illuminates at you like, oh my gosh, this is life. But then verse 17, he said, God uses it to prepare and equip his people to do every good work. How many of you know you will have everything you need with, with everything that you're going to face? You can have it right here in the Word of God. Whatever the Lord assigns you to do, he's given you the equip, equipment to accomplish it through the word of God. So how can I know it better? Here's the second question. How can I know, know it better? Romans 10, 17. Faith cometh by and hearing the word of God. Okay, the first one. Write this down. I'm going to give you five. Number one, you need to hear it. Hear it. Hear it. Hear it. You need to hear you hear it. You need to hear the pastor say it. You need to have it on. Listen to it. Amen? Hear the word of God. It will be life-changing to you. Here's the second one. Read it and find a translation that you understand. And I want to encourage you with, you with this. Have a plan. See, if I didn't have a plan, there's some favorites that I have. In fact, I was looking at my uh, the pages, especially in this Bible right here, the book of Ephesians. I would camp out there. Well, I camped out there for like five months in the morning time. I can, there's parts of it that it needs to be resurrected inside of my Bible here, but you can't hardly read some of the, the notes that I've put in it. I look like a doctor of some sort, but um, I, I would camp out there. I'd camp out in the book of John. I love the book of Joshua. Those are the places, but how many of y'all know it's all inspiring? Amen. 
Even, even down when it goes down to the genealogies, I want to encourage you to read it because there's some things in there you're like, oh, my gosh, he's related to so-and-so, and so-and-so did this and that. I'm telling you, get yourself a plan where you read through the Word of God. Here's the third one. This is so important. Meditate on the Word of God. And can I tell you, you can't just read your 15 minutes, get it over with, and meditate on the Word of God. This is going to take a few extra minutes. Not only stop and think about it, but this is what I do, like this morning, at whatever time it was, early in the morning, as I was reading the Word of God, I was thinking, God, how, show me how I can apply this today. Like Genesis 1, when, uh, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth, and the earth was out form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep, and God said, let there be light. And it was the first day and the first night. That morning, I remember thinking to myself, God, how can I apply being light in a dark world today? I know that's very vague and very simple and very, very easy. But I, I, I'm sure that if you take a few extra minutes, meditate on the Word of God. God, I'm not here to just read this. I'm here to do this and meditate on the Word of God. So hear it, read it, meditate on it. Here's the fourth one. Memorize it. Come on. How about in 2024 we memorize some Scripture? Let's ro- let it roll out of our our, our, our tongues. Amen. Spool the rod. Um, uh, what is it? Spare the rod. Spool the child. My kids love it when I say that. All right. It's just biblical. Amen. The rod of correction will take it far from you, my son. This is biblical. All right. I get real spiritual with them. Uh, when challenges come. How many of you know. It, it's so important that when these challenges come. That you have a basis, a foundation of the word of God. And you've memorized the word when these challenges come. That you know the word of God. God, you told me that you'll supply all of my needs according to your riches and glory by Christ Jesus. I will say of the Lord that you're my refuge, you're my fortress. In you I will put my trust. Psalm 119.11 says, your word I have hidden in my heart. Can I tell you, I read that scripture in several different scenarios that are going on in my life of people that I love. Not just one, there's several right now that are running from the plan of God on their life. When I read about Cain and Abel just yesterday morning, how sin is crouching at the door. I don't care how long you've been saved. I don't care what you've done in the mission field. I don't care how many dollars you've given. Sin is always crouching at the door. I mean, y'all know we live in a fallen world. That's why it's so important in the morning what you're doing is depositing into your spiritual bank. Your word, I'm hiding in my heart. I am hiding that word inside of my heart because when push comes to shove, I want the word of God. Because this is what I'm going to do. I am going to have the word of me, God's word, to the point that it informs and influences the way that I live my life. How I parent is going to be based on the word of God. How I'm a husband is going to be based on the word of God. How I run my business, how I drive. Ooh, that was a word from the Lord. Come on. <laughs> it's going to be based on the word of God. You guys awake tonight? That I might not sin against you. So number one, hear it. Two, read it. Meditate on it. Four, memorize it. Number five, speak it. When I speak the word, dynamite comes out my mouth. Power. Amen? 
Philippians 4.13, I really think to myself when I hear these guys on ESPN, what's your favorite scripture? I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. I really think to myself, do they really know the power that they have coming out of their lips? This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth. That's what Joshua was told in Joshua 1.8. And so we need to be a people that hear it. Let's do in 2024, let's just do that. We're going to hear it, not just on Sunday mornings, but let's make a commitment to hear it all the time. Let's read it. Let's meditate on it. Let's memorize it. Come on, I, I, I'm already stretching myself now of even having some note cards inside my shoeing rig there, especially when I'm working on that mare that I hate her guts and I've cursed her even to the ground to die in Jesus' name. But um, that's pulling on me. I, I, I'm going to memorize the Word of God. And when I memorize it, I'm meditating on it. Amen? And I'm going to speak it. Speak it, speak it, speak it. How many of y'all know there are some words in your vocabulary you should change out? For some other things. You guys awake? Amen. So this is what I want to do. The last part, we're going to speak it tonight, and I just wrote a few of them down. We're going to do these together, and I did them in the NIV because there's certain words that, that, that are in here. Well, I didn't mean to do all of them in the NIV, but once I put it in my program, I ended up getting all of them. But 1 Thessalonians 1, 4 says, for we know, brothers in Christ, brothers and sisters loved by God, that he has chosen you. Let's say this together. I am chosen by God. Doesn't that make you feel better? You may have not gotten chosen in the second grade to play basketball, but God chose you. 2 Timothy 1.9, we all know 1.7, but 1.9 says he has saved us and called us to a holy life. I want us to say this together. I am called by God. So I'm chosen by God and I'm called by God, Ephesians 1, 7. In him we have redemption through his blood. Woo! Aren't you thankful you've been bought back by the blood of Jesus? The forgiveness of sins in accordance with the riches of, it, of God's grace. Everybody say, I am forgiven of all sin. Psalm 103 and verse 3 says, who, who forgives all my sins and, and heals all my diseases. So I am chosen by God. I'm called by God. I'm forgiven of all my sins. Deuteronomy 28, 13 says, The Lord will make you the head and not the tail. Come on. I mean, y'all know it's better to be the head and not the tail. Do I even have to explain this? One stinks. One's full of wisdom. I don't know about you. I, I, I've never heard anybody. I'd, I'd love to be the tail and not the head. But through the word of God, as we speak it, as we memorize on it, as we meditate on it, we've read it, we hear it, we begin to tell ourselves, you know what I am? I am the head and not the tail. So let's say it together. I am the head and not the tail. Are you guys getting it so far? This is good news. I'm chosen by God. I'm called by God. I'm forgiven of all my sins, and I'm the head and not the tail, above only, not beneath. Revelation 12, 11. They triumphed over him by the blood of the Lamb and the word of their testimony. They did not love their lives so much as to shrink from death. So say this with me. I am above and not beneath. I'm above. I walk in victory. Say, I walk in victory. I've overcome. Ooh. John 8, 32 says this. Then you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. Say this. I am set free. Hey. 
I'm chosen by God. I'm called by God. I'm forgiven of all my sins. I'm the head and not the tail, above only, not beneath. I'm above and not, uh, uh, I'm above, I already said that. I am set free. It's Ephesians 6.10. Ooh, finally. Be strong in the Lord and in the power of his might. Everybody say this. I am strong in the Lord. Hey. 1 Peter 2.24. He himself bore our sins in his body on the cross so that we might die to sins and live for righteousness. Everybody say, I am healed by his wounds. Oh, by his wounds you have been healed. Romans 8, 1 says, therefore there is now no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. Can I tell you this? Conviction always comes with an answer. Condemnation always leaves you in the dark. Say this with me. I am free from condemnation. Ooh, I'm chosen by God. I am called by God. I am forgiven of all my sins. I am the head and not the tail. Above only, not beneath. I walk in victory. I am set free. I am strong in the Lord. I am healed by his wounds. And I am free from condemnation. Romans 8, 37. No, and in all things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. Everybody say this. I am more than a conqueror. Ephesians 1, 6. To the praise of his glorious grace which he has freely given us in the one he loves. Everybody say, I am accepted in him. Isn't this good news? Here's one more. I had so much more, but I thought, well, you're going to have to do your own homework. Colossians 2.10, and in Christ you have been brought to fullness. He is the head over every power and authority. Everybody say, I am complete in him. It says in fullness. So look at this. We spoke it tonight. We spoke it tonight. We need to meditate on that. That I am complete in him. I'm accepted in him. I'm more than a conqueror. I am free from condemnation. I'm healed by his wounds. I am strong in the Lord. I'm set free. I'm above and not beneath. I am the head and not the tail. I am forgiven of all sins. I walk in victory. I am called by God and I am chosen by the Lord. Amen. Come on, stand to your feet tonight. So that's what we're going to do. We're going to be word nerds. Amen. And as we begin to do this in every area of our life, we're going to become so biblically literate, we're going to know and believe God's word to the point that it informs and influences the way we live our life. In every single area. Amen? God, we come before you tonight humbly as your servants doing your service. And God, we know that we can't do it on our own accord. We can't do it in our own might and our own power. But God, we ask supernaturally, God, as we begin to study your word, that you get, begin to give each and every one of us wisdom beyond our years. God, I even pray for those that may be only been serving God for a couple months or a couple years that may not know these things that I've been blessed with my whole life. But, God, I pray that I never take it for granted, but neither the one who's a baby as well. I pray, God, that you give them supernatural ability right now. And I pray, God, that we would leave here that in every area that your word would inform and influence the way we live our life. Inform and influence. 
the way we live our life. Lord, we've done it in our own power. We've done it in our own self. It doesn't work. We need you. And so, God, we choose to be the man who builds his house upon the rock. And, God, I just pray right now. I know that the enemy will come in and distract, come in like a flood. And I come against the enemy right now. I come against him. And I just pray, God, that you would give them supernatural strength to keep fighting the good fight of faith. To stay in there. To, 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 to cling in there. Not let go. But grab a hold of that sword of the spirit. Oh, the, the, the belt of truth girded around their waist. Oh, in Jesus' mighty name. God, we, we, I, I pray, Lord, that I declare over this house that we would know your word, live by your word. In Jesus' name, amen. Well, we want to thank you for joining us on our podcast today. We pray that you heard from God and that this message was for you. If you haven't already, hit the subscribe button and leave us a review. It helps us reach more people with this message. Arena of Life takes pride in connecting to God, to church, and to people. And we want to connect with you. So don't forget to check us out on all social media platforms, to check out our website, arenaoflifechurch.org, and to download the Church Center app and to choose Arena of Life as your church. And a special thanks to those who make a difference by giving generously. You help us change lives and produce weekly content like this that reaches the world. If you're interested in partnering with us, you can give by clicking the link in our bio through the website arenaoflifechurch.org or through the Church Center app. May the Lord bless you and keep you, and we'll see you next week. Thank you.